job is not as easy as people think it is, Mr. Costello there. Didn't Mr. Costello have another crack at that same tortured analogy recently? Yeah, he did. Can we hear that? I've used the analogy. It's like a highly designed Formula One racing car. Um, it's driving at a fast pace. But if a driver in a highly calibrated Formula One motor racing car takes a corner too wide or breaks in the wrong way, you know, the crash. What is he talking about there? Presumably the economy. That's from Mike Weber at the end there. <laughs> and a highly designed Formula One car as opposed to a shoddily designed one. It's, it's now being calibrated. Fully <laughs> calibrated. Fantastic. Watch out for the thirds. And speaking of vehicular sadness, <laughs> I read this in the Australian. What a link. I oh, know. Brilliant. <laughs> me having a go at Costello. What's these gears crunch? Uh, it's bad news, I think, for radio fans today right across Australia, the Austereo Network. We're part of that network. Yeah. Are retiring oh. the Black Thunders oh. and the Rock Patrols. Instead, we will be focusing on uh, a new fleet of more environmentally friendly but unbranded station vehicles. Oh. Undercover thunders. <laughs> oh, it's going to be like Jump Street. That could be fun. I don't understand. Isn't the idea to, to promote, though? I don't get that. Oh. I can think of a few reasons why perhaps they weren't as cost-effective as they might have been. Oh, because of uh, the people are driving and stealing all the stuff in the back. We would... What about using the thunders for weekend fishing trips, anything like that? I've never taken it to a fishing trip, but it, it's done some house moving. It helped some stuff to a party, but it's still promoting the station. That's right. Yeah. Two guys loading things mm. into the back of it for a party is still station promotion. It's right. Right. Profile laughing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we only slept through... A giveaway one. <laughs> oh, that's all I'll say. Well, what's going to happen to Mustang Sally? 
I mean, what's the future of Runaway and Sue? <laughs> what's going on with this? I mean, their career has been put on the obstacle can of coke. Because you used to have to have nicknames, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. what was yours? No, because well, uh, there was a bloke that I worked with who gave himself a nickname, yeah. which I didn't like. Let's hear it. I can't, I can't say. Shark Man. He called himself the Shark Man, right? And, and then told us all to call him that. <laughs> so I would choose the most. I would call him Diego Flambert or, uh, you know, anything. Diego Flambert. <laughs> anything. Thing. Oh, it's Diego Flambert here. And it's any day, and they're all past now. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. In case you've uh, not heard this before, Ed did begin his radio career doing live yes. classes from the Thunders. Have we got one there? Fantastic. 
how can that happen? Because the Thunder Drivers always so safety conscious because they leave their lights on on high beam during the day. Yeah, we've been that true. You're yeah, we have to. Yeah, that's right. And to be more and to be more safe. I only I only ever crashed it once. Once and a half. Well, we're now entering the era of the sad, the undercover thunder. We'll be following their progress with interest, but what a day you've tuned in for on Triple M. Get this. Oh, what a surprise. All men without hats. Really? Nothing but on-song chapeaus for the next hour. Yes. Oh, the music department, they're just taking a piss again. We've been gotcha! Silver chair here at Get This Around the Nation. The music department was just having a lend. Unbelievable. We're not going to be playing all men without hats today. Who is coming up on the show, Rich? Anna and her umbrella. Shakira and Snoop Dogg. Madonna, Snow Patrol, Fergie, Black Eyed Peas, and the Chili Peppers. I don't think it's any of those, actually. Did he say the Chili Peppers at the end? Um, <laughs> I think it was the chili peppers, I'm not sure. The chili peppers? Never mind. Okay, so, the Jennifer Chili Peppers, what are you talking about? <laughs> Hang on, what about Peter Harvey, though? He comes out with some interesting facts, doesn't he? If they want my sperm, they're going to have to get me into bed and get up the conventional one. Okay. I don't know what the context was for that quote. Great fashion promotion. That's Richard Marvel. Fishing. First one to get some of Peter Harvey's sperm wins. Yeah. Um, the new Dean Geyer album. Brilliant. Sorted. Uh, what about Italian culture? We don't really... Oh, wow. Do we cover it on the show? Uh, not in any great uh, detail. We love to talk about Silvio Berlusconi and his freshly tightened and extremely orange face. <laughs> we uh, pointed out that uh, the most popular graduation present for young girls in Italy is boob implants. Man. The number one <laughs> <What a> country. <laughs> but what about this bloke? I hadn't heard of uh, Cosimo Melle. Mm-hmm. Age 50. Uh, a, listen to this. A married Roman Catholic politician whose party has espoused family values and is pressing for all Italian MPs to take drug tests. Can I just stop you there? Yeah. I think the next sentence you're going to say is not going to include the words lives up to what he says. Correct. Thank you. Was exposed yesterday after a prostitute took an overdose of cocaine in his hotel room. Brilliant. Bang. <laughs> Every time. Uh, yeah, he's with the deputy of Italy's Christian Democrat UDC party, whatever that is. But anyway, listen to this. He's proud of what happened. So am I. Because he was the one who risked exposure, calling for help when the woman began hyperventilating and hallucinating. Oh, that's selfless. <laughs> Very big of him. <laughs> he claims he had not realised the woman was a prostitute. No. He had gone for dinner with friends and struck up a sympathetic rapport with a woman in her late 20s. Yep. One thing led to another, and they ended up in bed together at the Hotel Flora on Via Veneto. Goodness. Ah, he had paid the woman for sex, Mr. Melee replied, uh, not exactly. I spontaneously gave her a present. That <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a condom at the time. <laughs> Press further, he admitted the present had been... Sum of cash. So he adds, not excessive. No. I'm <laughs> getting ripped off. Uh, there had been a second woman present. Mm. She had only chatted to the first woman uh, while he fell asleep in bed. Yeah. I think I fell asleep while they were talking, he said. 
That was when they took the drugs. You know, you know whenever you see some super religious bloke on the telly, yeah. you just wait for, you know, the coin to flip. Yeah, absolutely. Super religious root rat everywhere. Having a go at kids, potty mouth style, mm-hmm. like that, uh, that priest in Melbourne. It's the first time I've ever seen skaters on the news being held up as the moral authority. <laughs> 17-year-old skaters. Yeah. His precious ears have been spoiled by a priest. As soon as you see some bloke in a suit who's spouting a lot of Christian gear, you just wait for them to walk away from the podium and there's no pants on and just women's underwear. <laughs> Don't you do this every time? But if I, maybe that's how they know. Maybe the, uh, the, the people own, who own brothels mm-hmm. and who sell drugs are watching the telly going, all right, we need, here he comes. <laughs> Let's see, oh, the head of the Christian, oh, good, family alliance. Get his number. He'll be up for it. He'll, be up for it. He'll probably call us. <laughs> every time that somebody's got a religious cult. Yeah, every time. Yeah, it's all The only precept for the cult seems to be everyone has to sleep with the leader. So good. <laughs> it's usually someone who's a real, who looks like me at school, <laughs> basically. Yeah. It's working for Rich. Yeah, it is. How's your cult coming along? Cult's fine, actually. How are they? How is everyone? Well? through my MySpace page. Really? Things are pretty good. And we're going to take a Kool-Aid party after the show. Fantastic. Excellent. When's the spaceship arriving to take you all to the planet next time the comet comes around? (laughs) Of course. That's very logical. But until then, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, obviously, we had Caffanuary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Caffans are out of the mix. Okay. Because Caffans are traditional good cult wear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We have to wear Nike shoes and lose our genitalia. (laughs) Okay, so off with the testicles, guys. (laughs) And we'll move on throughout our day. Just pop down to... uh, my space and click on the Marzlin dishes. <laughs> Just look for the decapitated head of Richard Marzlin <laughs> atop the Mars Path Finder. <laughs> Follow the links <laughs> and get yourself laid. <laughs> uh, more politics next. Come get this. Brought to you by Ed the Nissan Navarro. Rugged good looks, huge pulling power, and. What about how you can just transport anything, pretty much anything, name right. something? My home and contents. Here you go, bank sorted. Yeah. Still room for four beverage holders. Bang. And uh, don't forget you can attack the weekend as hard as you attack the workday. I haven't actually tested this. Really? I don't know if that's true. I'm assuming it's true. Well, it's we- weekend coming. I'm uh, we're going to run an experiment. Okay. See, I'm let's go outside. Let's find out just how hard you can attack the really? weekend. Hey, John Henley. Did they use that in uh, the Great Outdoors with John Candy? No. Uh, the summer? I don't know. I think so. Because the son hooks up with the girl, uh, the, the hot chick who lives at yeah. the lake where they come and stay. She doesn't want to hook up with him because people are always coming and going. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that's the heartfelt song that she's standing on the boardwalk doing. Yeah. It's about baseball. That song. See, the problem is to confirm that we would have to watch the Great Outdoors again, and I don't think I ever need to do that. That was from that era when, uh, you know, it was Dan Aykroyd and John Candy, but Aykroyd was sort of inflating to candy-like proportions. Oh, don't take over. It was very um, tweedledum and tweedledum yeah. at that point. Anyway, sorry, I'm not going to do that. That's an irrelevant tangent. No, I'm still enjoying that quote from that Italian politician. Yes. Uh, with the, well, the woman who he claimed he didn't know was a prostitute. Mm-hmm. I, I spontaneously gave her a present. Yep. That's fantastic. Oh, gosh, after they had sex. 
What I love is uh, when it comes to, you know, how to treat the ladies, mm-hmm. you know who I turn to? No. Carl Stefanovic. On occasion, I've done the bar thing, I've done the meal, I've done all the things that the traditionally women do. I'm still, you know, keen as must be. What? Hot and heavy. How did they get rid of the beeps? Can't hear the beeps. They've got some new filters down there. Well, it's had an oil change. So, I feel like you'd have, to, you'd have to go through a checklist before you started making out with Carl Stefanovic. I was hoping to, yes, and there's going to be some time when I'm hoping to, thank you, yes. Now, just, 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 tick, yep, good, good, sign that. All right, then. We can notarize. We can, now the lawyers will get that back in a week, and uh, we can get it on. So, we okay. job week after next, maybe week after that. Fantastic. And don't forget, I come with four beverage holders. <laughs> Uh, what else? Uh, big news. Big news. I'm looking for it. Now, what about this? The world's loudest clapper. Have you heard about that bloke? Okay. Chinese man. His clapping hands are nearly as loud as the roar of a helicopter. He's hoping to get into the record book. Zhang Quan, 70, has his clapping monitored by local environmental protection officials. His claps measure 107 decibels, only slightly lower than helicopter blades, which measure 110. When I'm clapping, even my own ears feel painful. Wow. That's why I usually don't clap, says Gene. Uh, he could technically face arrest for noise pollution if he applauded in public. Plus, uh, lights all over the United States of America are turning on and off. Yeah, so he breaks into applause. That's right. Maybe they can just wire up the whole Chinese grid to this bloke every morning. Clap on. Powerful. Powerful man. Yeah, is that, we've got to get a recording of that bloke. Mm. We need a recording of this guy. He might be man of the year. Just like and replace all of our applause cards with the. We're just him. Boom. Boom. Very good. Very good. Laurie Oates walking into a room. <laughs> That's unfair. Laurie <laughs> Oates seems to be going down the Mikey Robbins uh, yeah. path. Is he slimming down? He's slimming down every time you tune into Sunday now. It's as though Laurie has just opened the Lost Ark. Milking. What's happening to it? I'm hoping it's not going to make you know the questions less cons- you know breathy. <laughs> he's, he's good at looking through stores. He knows how to ask the question. He's the best. Sure, he's having a thick shake whenever they cut for the person he's talking to. Yeah, sucking in there. All right. So many big stories we haven't got to. No, look, there's a lot of, uh, this is, there's some new institutes which have been set up to help the accuracy of Australian soap operas. We can talk about that next. And we still haven't discussed whether Britney Spears was paid $1.14 million to throw up on herself. <laughs> big stories to get to here again. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs> Triple M, and if we stand for nothing on this program, we stand for free fun. Absolutely. Aren't we always looking for ways to have fun for now? Massively. For deadly? For deadly. Here comes for the what? The free rock gig of the year for people who are going to be in Melbourne tomorrow okay. night, 9.15, at the ESB, mm. in the front bar, where it's free, yeah. no cover charge, mm-hmm. Root Live. This is the hottest new band in Australia, Root <laughs> They have a new album. Root supposed he was out of the question. That's going to be only, only available at the gig. You can hear great songs like I Wish I Was Tex Perkins, Spring Me Out of Caroline Springs, Caroline, 
and Pauline Hansen said that Christian Muslims too. This is band of the year. This is gig of the year. And it's free. Oh. And as for the lead singer, DC Root, oh, man. there's a lot of cool looker. There's a lot of talk about his uh, past. Mm. People are saying he was uh, on the cover of the Indecent Obsession album. Up yeah. the back? The four of them in the wetsuit. Oh, yes. This is the guy just surfing in right up the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then mysteriously, the album cover was withdrawn. Exactly. Oh. They reckoned that DC Root was the bloke on the surfboard. on the surfboard. Anyway, a lot of buzz about this bloke. Are you going to come along to the gig in Melbourne? Well, um, I don't know if you're in Melbourne tomorrow, Rich. Well, I'd love to. I'm not sure if I've got the time. Oh, come on. you got to be there. Um, well, is it okay if I don't make it? Around the nation. You never know what we'll play next. Yes, it might be a book. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a case still hanging in there. <laughs> That's not going to be in the podcast. Oh, yes. Oh. Get this bacon filled. What are we up to? One, one, one. Okay. And uh, what, uh, who's in it? Oh, well, you've got a bit of Gary Hitt. You've got a bit of Dave Graney. <laughs> I should warn that maybe this one isn't suitable for work or for younger folk. Yep. Third fruity at the end, courtesy D. Graney. We do love him, though, and I think uh, he's got some gigs happening this weekend. He's a lovely man. Look that up on the internet. He's got a good website and uh, MySpace. He'll tell you about that. Mm-hmm. What about Bob Geldof, Market Research? What about Oscar, the Death Cat? What about Richard Marlin, Working Blue? Mm-hmm. And Nick Nolte's Airport Shame. Oh, and, of course, Where Have You Worn Your Tracksuit? Great segment. It's all part of Podcast 111. It's free. More free fun. Via triple M dot com dot au forward slash get this go to the podcast department or your iTunes. Speaking of where have you worn your tracksuit, is it time for Talkback Mountain? Because you belong to the Mr. 
prop him of Mr. Stefanovic of the Alternative TV. Channel 31. It's all happening. The Breakfast Show. Great fun. How often are you on? Uh, I've been doing it about twice a week on average. Oh, I know these people quite well. Never been up. They're right. Yeah. I promote them all the time. I've never been up. So what are you keeping us out? <laughs> no, I was just asked out of the blue if I would like to uh, have yeah, a go. Right. And I love Channel 31, so I'm, I'm having, it's great fun getting there at 6. Yeah. Is you getting back in show for a second run at AM Adelaide? No, <laughs> <laughs> top speed on road. There's all the talk in the papers. Road's going to be going over to the US, replacing Conan O'Brien. Oh, so you're suggesting that maybe I would slip into a road spot here? Well, that's what you've talked about off air. <laughs> so many times. Quite a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, one can dream. You know why I'm petting? Because I just don't know how this topic is going to yeah, be. Can we get to it, please? Whole topic. Trolley fun. Shopping trolley fun. Okay, what can you, once you've raced it down a hill, what, what really can you do with it? Are you kidding me? What about trolley joust? Oh, yeah. A couple of brooms. Oh, yeah. You get in a trolley either side. Get a couple of minutes to push you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jaffs into each other and right. fall over. Trolley skates. Trolley skates. You spin one foot in oh, each. one foot in each. One foot in each trolley. See how long it takes for you to lose some nads. Uh, <laughs> how about this one? <laughs> no, the delayed reaction to the yeah. word nads. Uh, how about trolley butts? Where you see how many people you can stuff into a trolley and then go down a hill. And finally, a train, you need a chain of trolleys or just something one trolley? That's the trolley daisy chain, where you hold on to as many trolleys as you can, you know, one arm on each side, and you try and make a big link and go down the hill. What about this one, Tony? I grew up in a suburb that was heavy with trolleys. I don't know if you've noticed that. And the trolley bowls, this is one that I actually came up with. You know, some trolleys have wonky wheels, and when you push them, they sort of curve away. You set up a pole that is the jack. And you push the wonky trolleys, and then their natural curve takes them like a lawn. Oh, all right, I was wrong. There is so much trolley fun to be had, you know? I mean, when I was a kid, uh, obviously the prize was stealing a shopping trolley with smooth wheels <laughs> for tracking shots in your home movie. Oh, that's really right. Isn't <laughs> that how it works? Super 8? Right. In the pre video era, mm, right you are, so that was how you do your fancy Stanley Kubrick tracking shot. Brilliant. Shopping trolley. Until, of course, the advent of the uh, the caster on the office chair. Oh, then it was once you stole an office chair, you could buy the shopping trolley. Moving up to, you know, widescreen. Fantastic. All right. Well, that's what we're talking about. Have you got any trolley fun ideas, Mr. Martin? Well, I grew up in a rural area, so there weren't many trolleys to be found, unless you could find one from the shopping centre nearby and use it to, and this was done during the summer months, uh, guys would roll down the hill into the river oh. uh, and call them up. And then, of course, it'd, it'd be off like a final six-man operation to get the thing out again. I'm sure that you would find a shopping trolley in the countryside because they go a long way. Well, that's their natural habitat. Years ago, uh, we one of the Martin Malloy albums, they were trying to get us to call it Please Explain. Uh, Please Explain, that was a big segment. Yeah. We spent weeks trying to think what would be the album cover. My favourite was a shopping trolley on the moon. That's <laughs> half buried in dust. <laughs> I think that's something when Liz showed up as a, as a good weekend or something. Yeah. And I think maybe that artist Banksy in the United Kingdom. Oh, he's done a bit of that. He's done some of those famous paintings, some of those famous landscapes with like a shopping trolley buried in the background yeah. somewhere. Yeah. That's, that's an example. They're creating art with shopping trolleys. Way ahead of your time. Fun with shopping trolleys. That's what we want. The number to call is one triple three. Five, three, but now, because you never know what we'll play next, the music department is telling me we've got a bit of Dean Guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
around the nation on Triple M. And today we're just looking for shopping trolley fun. Hello, Tim. Hello. Your shopping trolley fun, sir? Uh, well, we used to uh, do the trolley toss. How does that work? Well, you basically use a trolley like a discus spinning around, get the momentum up, and then let it fly. And oh. <laughs> you killed the Prime Minister. He loved that idea. Yeah, it used to happen, you know, when we'd uh, bored nothing to do with an evening. Mm. You know, a few beers in us. I mean, what, kind of, what, behavior. what kind of distance could you get on a trolley? Uh, you wouldn't get it far, probably five to ten metres at the most. Pretty good, Tim. Pretty good. Very impressive. Mm. Are you thinking Commonwealth Games, Tim? Uh, no, well, let's let's see if it gets in first. It'd be a good, good, good spectacle, though, wouldn't it? Don't look at yeah. darts. Darts can be a sport. Yeah. Yeah. Why not the shopping cart? Thank you, Tim. G'day, Ray. Hey, Ed and boys. How are you? Good, mate. How you going? Uh, good, thanks. Your shopping trolley fun, sir? Hey, yep. I spent some time in Canada with a couple of young blokes, and when the uh, paths leading to and from shopping centres ice over, oh. they've got these very well-placed uh, handrails, just the perfect height to keep you on track. Yes. And you can fly down there. Um, the, the wheels don't lock up. It doesn't matter when they do because you're all icy, and all you got to do is tog up in some track suits and bike helmets, and you're away. <laughs> That's funny, Mr. Primate. So it's like a bobsled, right? A bobsled is the best. There's more carnage in a bobsled. We've tried the luge once and it turned out fairly unattractive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is that when four blokes just lie down and go down a tube? No, no, luge is when they lie one. Yeah, one, and then double luge is when one fellow lies on top of the other fellow. Yeah, that's a bit yeah. of a yeah. double stack of rice. Short bus luge. Something very similar. What's the four blokes to the thing down a tube? Am I just thinking Bob's lead. That's Bob's lead. Yeah, not a tube so much, no. Okay. The one in the middle, I mean, obviously, I can imagine it's quite difficult for the bloke at the front. Is he steering? Yes. What, what does number two and three do? Just a encouragement. Encouragement. You're doing a great job. It's just in the air. I'm sure it's more complex than I'm making it sound. Hi, Paul. G'day, how you going? Excellent, sir. You're shopping trolley fun? Yeah, I've got a friend, uh, his name's Michael Brennan. He's an artist down here in Melbourne who uh, actually did a, a sculpture. He imported, you know, the little baby shopping trolleys? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He imported about 30 or 40 of those, welded them together in a giant circle that ended up being about 8 or 10 feet in diameter. And it's uh, an installation sculpture that um, he released shortly after Lord of the Rings, so he called it One Ring to Rule Them All. Oh, Still up? Can people still see that? Uh, well, he recently took it on tour to Queensland and it's in an art prize up there, but I'm not sure where it is at the moment. Yeah. Ooh. What you really need for that installation is the bloke who drives the uh, trolley tractor. <laughs> Just standing there scratching his head looking angry. <laughs> not a bad addition, John. Or a midget. You'd probably need a midget either way. Good for the tiny one. And a small tractor. A kiddie tractor. That's nice. Hello there, Megan. How are you? Not bad. How are you? Excellent. Your trolley fun? Yeah, when I was a kid... Um, when we got bored, me and my brothers and sisters, we used to get my little brother and strap him into a trolley, and we called it the Trolley Gravitron. Oh, dear, well done. <laughs> so you thought he'd force. Yeah, we lived, uh, where we lived, there was a bit of a car park on an angle, and we'd spin him around and around and around, and then just face him towards the bottom. Right. <laughs> oh, how is this therapy going? Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> is he still speaking to you? How is this guy? Oh, yeah, he does occasionally, but, yeah, he still remembers it and doesn't forget to bring it up, that's for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. Good advice, Megan. Thank you very much. There must be more stuff you can do with a shopping trolley. There is. Hello, Don. How are you? Hey, good, thanks, mate. Your shopping trolley fun? Um, we used to do shopping freestyle. What is where that? you'd use the shopping trolley like a skateboard oh, okay. and sort of 
try and invent the coolest new moves. Like, we used to jump off things into the trolley and then continue to skate on the trolley. Oh. <laughs> sort of like a, uh, a Teen Wolf style affair with the, uh, with the roof of the, uh, of the station wing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, no. Nah, like, we just go out with a trolley each yeah. and just jump off objects into it, mm. try and bunny hop the trolley, oh. send it off gutters. Brilliant. How did, how did it end up, Don? Have you got any knees left? Uh, yeah, got a couple. Well, we used to ride BMX. Ah, uh, so you was quite skilled. Oh, so, yeah, so we just um, adapted trolleys into it. Good Shopping John. trolley bandits. I can see they're coming soon to a cinema near you. Great ideas. Do we have time for one? Hello, David. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Yourself? Excellent. You're a shopping trolley fun, sir. Uh, we just probably got another YouTube special just going down hills in, uh, the dirt hills in shopping trolleys. And how does it end up? It's not that funny to say. Sorry, apologise to the Prime Minister. And David, how, do, how does it end up? Uh, uh, not too bad. Luckily enough, he had a neck brace, uh, so, uh, because he fell out and did a few cartwheels down the hill. Yes. But, um, yeah, it's probably a special I should send in to you guys to watch and put it on the YouTube. We'd love it. We'd love to see it, David. Yeah. It's good uh, when you have your own neck brace, too. We have a Yeah, it's a racing neck brace, so he's very lucky I brought that down with us. Fantastic. <laughs> Be prepared. Good on you, David. Well, uh, obviously unsafe, much of it illegal. I don't know whether we can encourage any of this, but it sounds great. So you just told time? You yeah. realise it's a lot of fun to be had? Yeah, and if you could combine that with your new tracksuit. No. Uh, well, look, you're ready to go. <laughs> All right, good ideas, plenty of them. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone. In the next hour, I don't think we've had him in here lane-less before. No. Frank Woodley. Convenient? Absolutely. But could it be annoying too? Yeah, if, he, if there's a wacky soundtrack, I think you can 
do anything you want. Experience can drive a car when you're sick, but yes, but you know, they did have to pull those ads with Bacon's driving his car. Remember that? And I think actually there's a second one of them. Well, they've cut out the bit with the kid hitchhiking and the other kids driving the car. They're yeah. just out of the uh, ocean. As long as they're babies, they have seatbelts on. That's right. So it was the logic that babies would start driving cars and they kept running over there. someone sort of uh, slapping you on the back of the head all the time? It is kind of bizarre. Yeah, but it's good. I mean, I mean not. I'm not saying, if Cole, you're listening, it's sort of bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's fine. And Mr. Martha, who always knows what's going on in the world of comedy, claims you're working on something big for next year's uh, comedy festivals. Well, I don't know if it's big, but I am, I'm working on a solo show. Yeah, oh, I'm sort of going to be writing that over the next uh, six months or so. Good. Good. You know, we'll find out. Hopefully it'll be good. If it, if it won't be, I'll just uh, resurrect all of the old Blaine and Woodley material that I can do without Cole. Just come and see the, see the first and the second shows and see how they compare in terms of how much material. What about subbing in uh, just someone else to do all of Cole's stuff? Like, you know, how they've got the new Wiggle. It's a good idea. Oh, yeah. About Ray Ma. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was looking for work. Yeah. Uh, Peter Luck, he often fills in over summer <laughs> for current affairs shows. Peter Luck, you know, I'm trying to even pitch his face. That's so it's me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I could uh, go to a, a, a um, substitute Paul, I suppose. You know, teach him how to hit me in the head with one instrument. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm sure I can find someone who's up for it. And obviously, uh, injuries. Are you finding now that the axe retired? Are uh, you spending less time on crutches hobbling about? <laughs> we did a show. Uh, uh, the, the island, and I, I did do my knee during the show. I was on crutches, and I was, we were quite worried. And then we rewrote the show, and it turned out the show was funnier with me on crutches. <laughs> so then I was, I was paranoid. Like after that, that I didn't want to walk downstairs once I'd healed. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to walk downstairs in front of Cole in case he gave me a little push. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for the act. Yeah, yeah, good for the act. Yeah. Now we mentioned that ad. Now. The baby ad, Nikki Hamilton. Just switch on Nikki's uh, microphone for a moment. What is the ad that we've seen? Oh, I, I thought it was for a bank or a yeah. healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. Yeah. This is the one with the two babies. 
sort of uh, secret handshake. Yeah. I mean, it's just this very beautiful, affectionate little perfect. You couldn't have gotten a better performance out of them. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, is it CGI or? You think it is? Because if it is CGI, it's just beautifully. Yeah, I find uh, as soon as babies do things that babies can't really do, it's more creepy than amusing. Mm-hmm. You know, talking babies. Yeah, one, that manamana, that ad where the baby goes manamana. No, but only me. That's good. That's, right. That's good. I'm the one where the baby goes. That's the one I mean. It's magic. Okay, that's freaking me out. Baby talk. Uh, we've got so many things to get to in this hour. Bad stats, accidents, pranks. Uh, maybe let's eliminate shopping trolley pranks. I think yes. we've had enough of them on the show so far. But in the meantime, uh, I don't know if you've heard our slogan here, Frank. It's you never know what we'll play next. Yeah. And yeah. I've been told we've got some treats in store today here at Triple E. <laughs> It's Lincoln Park here at Get This Around the Nation on Triple M. Frank Woodley is with us, and we're just having an important debate off here. A lot of people calling in about obscure TV shows, which was our topic a couple of weeks ago. The original Ghostbusters, the TV series called Ghostbusters. You remember it, Frank? I do. It had the, the, all I remember is, I think they had like a wacky car that was like a, a little bit like um, a dune buggy yeah. like car. And one of them was the same guy who was the sergeant in F Troop. Forrest Tucker. You see, most of the emails say it was Forrest Tucker. Some say also uh, Gilligan was in there. But everyone seems to agree that uh, the car was driven by a gorilla. Yes, that is true. Yeah, that is true. Here I'm it is. I'm remembering that as well. I'm on the IMDb, and that's absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, then, you know, but is it worthy of conversation? Is it worthy of national radio? I'm not sure that it is. Guy, hang on a second. Guy in a suit or an actual gorilla? Uh, it's a baby in a gorilla suit. The police, the police turned up, and they said, look, we've got a camera. We're allowed to have a baby gorilla in a human suit. Driving <laughs> This is the kind of stuff people email us in about, Frank. Uh, somebody says, here's a New Zealand movie that surely Tony would remember, Shake a Run, made in 1985. movie. I do remember it because we hadn't had any big Hollywood stars coming out to be in New Zealand movies. Remember that would happen in Australian films in the 80s? There were Mick, there? Jagger, Mick Jagger as Ned Kelly? Yeah, that was, that was early on. But weren't there two Kirk Douglases in The Man from Snowy River? Yeah, that's right. I'm not dreaming that, what am I? Yeah. I'm excited, we've got Kirk Douglas, one isn't enough. Let's have him play two characters. Double Bill. Well, see, we have one of those in New Zealand. We're going to have this huge car chase comedy. We're bringing in a big star from Hollywood. We're not going to say who it is until he gets here. And anyway, talk about sizzle around the nation. Who's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Leaf Garrett. Ooh. It was Leaf Garrett. Wow, I saw a skateboard. That film? Yeah, Leaf Garrett. Probably was very good in that. I remember there, there, there were some jokes about Oh, man. <laughs> That was the precursor to gleaming the cube, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. But why was it death dogs? The things that people email us in about. Here's someone calling us from Brisbane who says, uh, oh, nutbags. We were talking about local nutbags and local nutbag behaviour. Uh, someone goes into their bank. This is a bank he works at in Brisbane. He's called the Sandman. Comes in every day at exactly 11 a.m. wearing a hard hat and lab coat. He walks up to the teller places a sandwich bag full of sand on the counter and politely says, I'd like to deposit this into my account, please. 
we give him a receipt for bag of sand times one because it's much easier than that than to have an incident. He toddles off happily out the door. We've been doing this for three years. We now have so much sand we could assemble our own beach here at the bank. <laughs> Cheers, Donna. Wow, what a what an amazing man and a fantastic way of dealing with it. <laughs> Just giving him a receipt off his shoot. But he's going to demand interest when he gets there. When he asks for his, uh, his stand back, he's yeah. going to want it to be through someone. He's going to come to the left. Where's all that stand I gave you? Just send him to a beach <laughs> where we're storing it. He'd know. He'd know. That's not my thing. What he needs is Glenn Taylor, former newsreader. I think on the Seven Network, and host of a very obscure documentary, Australia, a nation of sand. It's one of my favourite ever Australian documentaries. Helicopter shot, comes down to the beach, there's Glenn Taylor in a blazer on a beach, kneeling down, running sand through his fingers going, it truly is a nation of sand. (laughs) Have you ever thought of us as a nation of sand? No. You know why they say that? Because we're on the move, because we're losing sand on one coast. And we're gaining sand on the other coast. So technically, Australia is a nation on the move. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where we're headed. And how quickly? Like, oh, well, is movie land safe? Movie world. Movie is movie world. world safe? That's all I care about. Hundreds of years before movie world uh, bumps into the North Island of New Zealand. That's all I care about, apparently. <laughs> Hopefully, other countries are moving equidistantly. Oh, equidistantly. It's going up for a very old <laughs> <laughs> Our word of the day. Star for you. Uh, other things people call in about is a lot of 80s songs going out at the moment on Triple and People love it. Mm-hmm. They can't get enough of it. When's Heat of the Moment by Asia going to get a run, people are saying. Yeah. Sure, it's probably been on on another show. Wait, you said on your way in you heard an ad for some kind of 80s bill that's coming up? Yeah, I just saw it. There's a, there's a poster there and um, there's a show going to be on that's got... Um, Brian Ferry, Joan Armitrading, and Daryl Braithwaite as a, as a mix, which I just thought it was kind of, it felt a little bit like they've all been put together because they're from the same era, yeah. not because their music is particularly Similar. compatible. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, it could, I'm sure it'll be a good show, but it just made me think, you know, what, is there going to be a, you know, one of the lineup? It's not, it doesn't have a natural one like Cotton Keys. And we'll break away. No, no. I'm a trading fairy breakaway. It's kind of like, would you have Pink Floyd and Wawa Need <laughs> together at last? Or Ian McKellen. Or Bross and the Von Trapp kids. Yeah. <laughs> that could work. You yeah. Yeah. Or Stink Fist and the Wiggles. Brilliant. <laughs> it's amazing that they're all available on the same day to do that gig. <laughs> right. Well, I think that's the mailbag covered. As you can see, people do have a lot of big issues. Hey, this person who says, I heard you talking about Alan Crapper recently, oh, yes. an actor who had one role in the Vince Colosimo classic moving out. What about Jenny Poos? <laughs> I did look up Jenny Poos. Two appearances. <laughs> she was in a film called Green Room in 2005 as Girl Slapping Ducks. And the year before that, her only other screen appearance, Raw Meat. Friend number two. Girl slapping ducks. <laughs> what have they done? <laughs> I don't know. They're mouthing off. Made fun of her name. Jenny Pooh. <laughs> we don't have time to follow up the full Jenny Pooh story. No, but watch out, ducks. We're too busy chasing Phil Minge. Regular correspondent to yes. the Adelaide Advertiser. Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Uh, okay, pranks, stacks, accidents. Let's get to them next time. Get this. What an inspiration. <laughs> Around the 
around the nation on Triple M. Frank Woodley is with us. He's been involved in uh, a few stunts, a few prep balls over the years. So just to make him feel at home, what are we doing today, Ian? Oh, and the front of it is uh, great stacks you've been involved in. Great stacks. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, when I was growing up, we used to ride our bikes down a, a really big hill and then we'd take a hard ride and go down and collect mulberries off a big tree. It was a wonderful huckleberry <laughs> pin existence. Uh, one day, Frank, I missed, hit the gutter, flew over a fence and landed in a dog's food bowl. And the dog came over and was not happy. What would that have sounded like? Wacky sound effects take the edge off any accident. How big was the food bowl? Oh, no, yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like a huge because I was mattress size, right? But, yeah. And so you were quite small at the time. Yeah, I was like a young, I was a nine-year-old. No, I was small for a oh, nine-year-old. Right, and you fitted into the food bowl, <laughs> and um, and, and then the dog did it. Just did it. Yeah, I lived inside the dog for about a year and a half. Okay, and got out. Frank, I mean outside of that. He lived in the dog. He made his home in the dog. He's a doorman. Sorry, you'll get you'll get Ed singing. Do a bit of your thing, guy, for us now. It's short, but it's Keith Urban. I don't know any of the words. Anything from the oeuvre. Oh. If you've got any Keith Urban there, yeah, that's the last one. Okay. Get Frank with it. <laughs> that was Bob Dylan doing Keith Urban. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was a statement we did, Frank, called Children's Poetry or Keith Urban. We had to guess the lyrics. Where, which ah, because I think that was from Janie, H5. <laughs> Actually, no, that was a real problem. Oh, really? Well, fair enough. Easy mistake to make. Well, we're off topic. Have you been outside of your professional capacity? Have you been involved in spectacular stacks? Oh, for sure. Uh, but the one, the one that just came into my mind was when we were, I was doing a, a stunt off a, off a diving board, and I was trying to do a thing that was a, um, uh, it was like a double somersault with a half twist, yeah. which I thought I could do, and turned out I couldn't. <laughs> and uh, how many somersaults did you get? I got, I got about one and three quarters. Not bad. And the half twist meant I did a thing. Actually, it was just over three quarters. I did a thing that I didn't know you could even do. Which is? A knob whacker. I didn't think that was, I didn't even know, I wouldn't think that that part of your body could be isolated from all the other parts. I thought it would have to be a, you know, a belly whacker yeah. involving the knob. Yeah, that's right. Possibly, you know, but no, somehow I managed, it was like, it was like I'd been involved in some sort of um, indigenous age ritual, you know, in which someone had put my penis on a rock and hit it with another rock. It was, and and the, re, the, the reaction was, and I didn't know that I would do this either. I just like dog paddled, whimpered, dog paddled over to the side of the, the pool, got out, everyone was going, are you okay? Didn't talk to anyone. I was just in like a fog. Mm-hmm. And I just went to the, um, you know, the public toilet, found a private cubicle mm-hmm. and just sat in there just quietly for about 45 minutes. <laughs> Not even doing anything, just sitting there. It was like, you know, when a dog gets hit by a car and just goes under the house. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was that sort of response. Now, yeah, was this anything to do with that fantastic episode of The Adventures of Lionel Woodley at the swimming pool? It was, yes. I think it's one of my favourites. And the montage of you doing uh, diving board stunts, it's one of the great minutes of Australian TV. It's on DVD, the, the program is all we should point out. It is great DVD. Right. And is that where... Don't you even have a crack at one diving board onto the second diving board wow. and then into the water? I do, but uh, the funny thing was that when we were filming that, I I didn't uh, 
I was going, oh, I couldn't do that. There's no, that looks too dangerous. And one of the creatures. But I reckon you can do it. No, I did it. Really? No, I reckon you can do it. I probably can do it. Three. Isn't it Rodney Dangerfield who does three in back to school? Back to school. Yeah. Do you reckon he did his own stuff? Of course he did. Of course he didn't do anything. All right. Okay. And don't forget, if you'd like to see Rodney Dangerfield reanimated and put into new movies, send in your ideas. It's one of our running stories on this show. People love the idea of a digital Rodney Dangerfield Gollum style appearing in new films. Yeah, yeah. I think he's in the new Die Hard. Really? Oh, yeah. He makes an appearance in the background when somebody starts and sticks his head and goes, why did somebody stand on the duck? (laughs) (laughs) That's what he does. We want to hear about you. Pra- oh, Mr. Marsden, you stack? Um, not as good as, as Frank or, or Ed, but I have, uh, in primary school, the high jump competition. You know how you, you, know, you, you jump over with your back first and yeah. you land on the soft first be flop. Is- uh, yeah, the first be flop. Yeah. That's the one, yeah. And you're meant to land on the soft cushion. Yeah. Um, totally missed that, land on the ground. <laughs> back first, yeah. great. Or maybe about the time that I've, I've still got the scar oh, on, on, on my hip. And that is, um, you know those things that kids push the merry-go-round, the, the manual ones? The kids oh, the middle ones. Yeah. 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 I fell off one underneath, and then almost the pole was underneath, just on hitting me. Oh. Oh. <laughs> 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 I think John Howard should laugh at that as well. <laughs> 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 happened, and John Howard happened to be in the playground, Imagine his reaction oh, to see Richard Marsland dragged under a roundabout. Oh my god, he's dragged under the roundabout! Call <laughs> <laughs> us with your classic stack, big or small, 133533. And we're talking about stacks, it's a fairly visual segment. Uh, we got a forward, John. Who's going first, Ed? How you going, Simon? Good, thanks, Ed. Hi, Tony. Hello. Frank. G'day. What happened, mate? Primary school, school sports. It was a long jump. Yes. Ran, landed on both feet, and somehow managed to cork both my arms with my knees. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that in the stand five minutes. Wow. wow. And this would be pre-sort of home video era. Unfortunately, yes, or I could have won a microwave. <laughs> cool. And I didn't win the long jump. I was, I was going to ask, Simon, yeah, but I thought uh, it might uh, be a still point. What does it actually mean, cool? What does that mean? Just uh, when you hit your muscles and you can't use your arm. Uh, okay. And a strong when something's cool? Same deal. The wire hit its muscles. Or <laughs> something like that. Thank you, Simon. Hello, Rob. How you going? Uh, good, thank you, sir. What happened? Uh, this is a two-part stack. It was a bike stack. Um, me and my brother were riding in round the corner of uh, our street when we were teenagers. Yeah. And uh, he's hit this really slippery patch of, like, moss on the road. Mm-hmm. And he was on a racing bike, so he's just gone off. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I used to hang on him something shocking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the next day, me and my best mate were riding around there, and I, I was t- explaining that how funny it was what my brother had done. <laughs> And I just totally did the same thing. Exactly. It's a minute demonstration. He wouldn't have understood if you had just explained it. Yeah, well, the funniest thing was my mate said that. He goes, oh, geez, Rob, I got the idea. You didn't have to show me. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is he was telling his brother the next day <laughs> what happened to you, and he did it. And then it's been like a domino yeah. thing. There are kids now still well, starting I, off that moss. I was born in there last week. I saw a kid. Some kid doing it. Somebody yeah. has to break the chain. <laughs> Somebody, please. 
Oh, all right. Thanks, Rob. Good day, Naomi. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. What happened? My son was down at Sandy Point in Victoria and we were jumping off sand dunes and things like that. And I said, okay, time to get off the sand dune now. And he jumped off and he went and hit the ground, bent his knees and everything, but his foot went under the sand. Yes. And a stick was coming out and went up his arch and out his ankle. Sound effect failed to take the unpleasant edge off that one. I didn't feel in the sound effect there was a sense of impalement <laughs> in the sound effect. Maddie, get onto that. Actually, Naomi, that reminds me when I was uh, when I was very young, I was at a beach in New South Wales and I stepped on a dead bird by accident, and oh. a seagull's uh, feather went through my foot. Yeah, yeah. Was that, are you joking? No. How can a feather go? Like, <laughs> the bossy bird. A rusty nail went through my. A jagged piece of wood. A feather went through my foot. <laughs> Because I stood on the pointy oh, end. The quill, the quill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it went straight. Did you keep the feather? I did keep the feather. You know, I wear it in a hat. <laughs> and how's your son doing, Naomi? No, he's doing lovely. Had 18 stitches and he's all recovered. And, oh, uh, so. Much more sensible now. No, I mean, we'll do it again. But, you know, maybe wear shoes this time. Yeah. Oh. Do it every year for his birthday. That'd be <laughs> nice. Thank you, Naomi. G'day, Hamish. Yeah, g'day. How are you going? Excellent, sir. What happened? Well, it has this motorised skateboard with a little, uh, like a whippersnapper engine on the back. Did you do it yourself, Amy? It didn't. No, no, it was actually one from America that um, a boss of the time had over, and uh, he said, now take it out, but don't use it on the road. So went out and had a great day around Centennial Park, did about 35 k's right next to a car there, and then I went for the last run down this hill and uh, went to take on the bend, and it all went pear-shaped and ended up compression fracturing four vertebrae, dislocating my shoulder, and... Uh, breaking the nerve that goes to my left deltoid. Exactly what that would have sounded like. Yeah, hospital the whole lot. <laughs> what's, what's the deltoid? <laughs> the deltoid is a bit on your shoulder, like oh, the, okay. the round bit that goes off. It was great for party tricks because it was numb. You could poke pins in it and everything. People would be going, oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. Silver lighting and cigarettes out. Right. Fantastic, Hamish. <laughs> and a motorized cake, because that was just something you saw in the comics and just dreamed about in the film Brats. The new film Brat, no, the old film Brats, where it was about the kids that lived on the military base. Well, yeah. They had those with those skateboards that were motorized that they rode around on. Mm. How far away is the hoverboard? Oh, We've been looking for that hoverboard. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the answer to um, global warming. As the seas rise, get everyone onto hoverboards, up we shoot. No problem, I follow it. Okay. Well, thank you, know. everyone, and thank you for knowing, knowing that film. Hello, Luke, how are you? <laughs> Hello, boys. Love your show. You guys rock. Thanks, man. What happened? Um, I was playing a game of footy back in high school. One of the boys was always prone to his joints popping out. Yeah. Um, he was in a pretty big tackle, so he went down hard and he spilled out of the, um, out of the tackle and he's just screaming on the ground and, oh, here we go, he's, he's popped his joint out again. Mm-hmm. We, all, we all run over there and um, his, his hips come out, his legs come out of his hip mm-hmm. joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just on the ground screaming, so he goes, we're, the normal routine is, you know, jump on him and jump, um, you know, push the bone back into the socket. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the boys right on his side and stood on his hip and he just screamed like the billy and then he's passed out. And then he, um, he, we dragged him off the sideline and the boys kept playing and he woke up and all he's done is just scream again. And then he's passed out and um, the the, med- the meadow's gone, oh, sorry, something's wrong. So they took him up to hospital. Anyway, they did x-rays and when they put his hip back in, his left nut was in his um, his left socket. <laughs> snorted so aggressively when I heard that that stuff came out of my face. <laughs> he was not able to stay as you were forcing, you know, the thing back into the socket. 
There's a straight head involved. Somebody hadn't have jumped on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think yeah. there's a lesson there for all of us. A very painful lesson. Thanks very much, Luke. Thanks to everyone who called in. There were a lot more hideous injuries to get to. This is really sickening. I love it. Well, thanks to everyone who participated. Hello to everyone having lunch, particularly any kind of dumpling based food. And what about Alexander Downer? No lunch hour is uh, complete without the contribution from the Minister of Foreign Affairs, or it won't be today. Next up, I get this. The John Butler trio better than here at Get This Around the Nation on Triple M. Frank Woodley is with us. They're having a very heated discussion about the Dr. Hanif case of the year. Do you think he did it, Frank? (laughs) (laughs) It's not your what, but... Possibly. He did something. Definitely. He definitely did something at some stage. Somewhere. You see, there's a lot of hearsay, a lot of scuttlebutt going around. I taped this interview with Alexander Downer off your AM radio recently. Check out what Mr. Downer reckons. Well, you'd have to agree. Mistakes were made. Look, I'm just sick of it that every time somebody is arrested in this country, everyone goes, oh, boo-hoo. What about the rights of the person who's been... um, not arrested. Right. That person. Nobody's standing up for that person. Uh-huh. Just because the person who's been arrested um, may not be involved yeah. um, because there isn't any, well, I don't know, evidence or, you know, facts supporting blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah. J- Just because that might be the case, oh, then let's not worry about terrorism. Mm. Let's not worry about the, the known facts that we do know, like the fact that he had a beard. Yes, well, hang on, I'm not afraid to say it. Right. He was from overseas. Sure. Yeah. But he looked a bit like someone who I once saw on the news who might have been connected with that thing at the airport where right. there was a fire. I, I right. don't know. Somebody told me about it at work. There was plans or something of a building and he might have had flying lessons or somebody he knew did, yeah, but someone else um, who I think also had a beard. It was all on the internet. Everyone can look it up. Sure, but there's it's all kinds of suspicions and stuff. And somebody called in a radio show the other day and they were really suspicious of him. They yeah. didn't like the look of him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where's the common sense here? Why aren't we saying, let's take all of the facts into consideration? Right, but, you know, I heard something at work the other day about him. Right. Or maybe it was one of the people in that he's, he was the brother of or something. Right, right, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, you can't ignore that kind of stuff. We're in a new climate of terror here. Yeah, but surely so, this whole thing was badly handled. Um, I mean, you've fine. got... Let's stop arresting people just because there isn't any facts. Well, I'm not saying we find or say, yeah. and and then we'll just all sit back and um, I don't know, watch um, watch what? Um, what's a show that normal people would watch? The Sunday afternoon arts program on the ABC. Let's all just sit back and enjoy La Traviata as we do, and uh, ignore the fact that. Um, He's got a beard. Alexander Downer, thanks for your time. And we'll be back after these noises. I don't <laughs> 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 